Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have John Hansen in the studio. He is the South Dakota legislature from District 25. I got it right that time. And he will be here to talk about two things very related to each other. Um, he's been here before to talk about this topic, but we wanted an update. So this is on the decline to sign the uh, abortion amendment that they that a group is trying to get on the South Dakota ballot for next year. Uh, he's going to talk about where they are again, what that bill, what the bill is that they want to put on the ballot, and um, why we should not sign the petition to get it on the ballot, as we just don't do not want it there. Uh, John is fantastic on this stuff, and uh, if you ever wanted a time to have a good Catholic in the South Dakota legislature, he is it, and we're so glad to have him there. The other topic we're going to talk about towards the end. Uh, so this is a good one. Here's a little teaser. This is going to be about what can a priest say from the pulpit regarding politics? Mm. Some of you may be surprised at what is actually allowed and not allowed. Legally. So, legally. legally, yes. Yes. A- and what the church says about it, actually, because there's uh, many misconceptions about that. So we talk about that towards the end. So stick around for the whole thing. After all that, first we have <laughs> Dr. Chris Bergwald here for Biblical Bites with Dr. B. Hey, Renee. So it's going to be here on take 17, I think, of <laughs> uh, our attempts. To- <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good thing it's not a live show. It would be more interesting, actually, so if it w- were. It would be would a lot be, funnier. Be, it, would, it would be. <laughs> um, so, Renee, I've right in. What Sunday uh, are we looking 30 at? 30 second. That's correct. So we've just got a couple more Sundays oh, we're here. Close. Advent's coming. You know yes. what that means? Purple? Christmas shopping. Ugh. I don't even think about that. We've the last couple of weeks talked about how the, the theme of the readings for these last couple of Sundays of ordinary time, take a turn towards last things, yes. um, final judgment, but also kind of for us too, uh, preparing. So the gospel, which we're not going to follow on, uh, oh. focus on today, okay. but the gospel is uh, Jesus talking about, this is from Matthew 25, the parable of 10 virgins taking their lamps to meet ah. the bridegroom. Oh, yeah. Five of them were didn't have enough. Five did. What that all means. Bring your oil, ladies. Yeah, bring your oil. <laughs> Just the one thing I'll say, um, wasn't it kind of mean of, of the ones who had extra? They didn't share. What, what, what? Aren't we supposed to love people and share with them what we have? Well, hmm, that's a good question. Elise? Maybe that's another great question. (laughs) I feel like if they're being, if they have been irresponsible and I want to say something, probably going to get myself in trouble. So I'm just going to back away right now. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I think that's best. Um, I can't share my relationship with God with somebody else. They can have their own. Ah. And I want them to have their own. Because that's what the oil symbolizes. Yep. Okay. So that's way better than what I was going to say. (laughs) So the relationship I have with Jesus is obviously by definition, my relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. I can't give it to you. You you can have your own, Mm -hmm. but I can't give you mine. Sure. But we're not talking about that. Okay. Uh, The first reading is from the book of wisdom. Uh, And I just want to talk a little bit about this reading. So the book of wisdom is one of the last, it may, Many scholars think it's actually the last book of the Old Testament written. It may have been, been written oh. in the first century BC. Oh, okay. Some even think it may have been actually written in the first century AD, potentially, oh, wow. even after Jesus was born. It's like, well, how can it be the Old Testament? Well, maybe if you started preaching or whatever. Right. Um, so it, 
probably the last book of the Old Testament written. So the transition from the Old you Covenant know who wrote it? to the New Covenant. Nope. Okay. Um, it's called the Wisdom of Solomon, but in honor of Solomon, because Solomon lived oh, like right. centuries, almost a thousand, almost a thousand years before that. Right. But the 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 focus of this reading is on wisdom. And Renee, actually, what I it's really worth sort of a slow read. I would really encourage people have time now okay. to do a slow read of it mm-hmm. and and just meditate on this reading. The, the thing that I want to focus on, though, so it's called the Book of Wisdom. The focus of this reading is on wisdom. Renee, what what would you say, um, is, is wisdom the same as knowledge? No. Elise, would you say wisdom is the same as knowledge? No. Okay. Wh- how would you articulate the difference? I would say wisdom is the good use of knowledge oh. or the right use of knowledge. Or use, I like, mean, when you use it, it's you have for something. Yeah, you have knowledge, but you use it in the right way. Not okay. Like, for good, not evil. Okay, okay. Uh, Elise, any thoughts? How might you articulate the difference between wisdom and knowledge? I think Renee said it oh, proper. Oh, No, you know, seriously, though. Like, okay, well, okay. <laughs> that's fine. I would probably use the same words. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, know if that's I, right or not, but that's no, fine. No, yeah, I, there's, and there's not really a... Um, there can be a right answer and mine might not be it. It's okay. No, I, so <laughs> the way I, I, the way that I would articulate it, which is not, I, it's not in opposition to what you said, wisdom. Um, so knowledge is sort of about, uh, in some ways it could be knowledge is about the details and wisdom is about the big picture. Sure. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I just want to invite our listeners to consider today, we, we, we know a lot mm-hmm. in our culture. Our culture knows a lot but are we wise? I don't think we are. Mm. So my invitation, uh, read this reading and then pray for wisdom for yourself, but for our culture in general as well, because we need it. Yeah, that's some really good advice. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, returning for his second time, is John Hansen. Welcome, John. Hey, Renee. It's good to be with you again. So the last time you were here, so John is the, mm, hold on, South Dakota representative from District 25. You got it. Which includes Del Rapids. Yeah. uh, Well, it's basically Northern Minnehaha County. Right. And all of Moody County. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, The last time you were here uh, on my, I looked back, was January of this year and we had just had a big snowstorm. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, we're reaching that point again, aren't we? I know. It's so coming. I was like, we got to get him in before it gets all snowy and stuff and he can't get here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming in. Um, I wanted to, to have you come back. So this is a, uh, some of this is going to be stuff people have heard before, which I think is okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, repetition is the mother of all learning, right? That's right. Um, so I wanted you to come back in and talk about the uh, abortion amendment to the constitution that they're uh, a group is collecting signatures for, and the decline to sign initiative that is uh, working to keep them from collecting enough signatures to get it on the ballot. So will you tell us, I want to talk about that. And then towards the end, um, there's an there's an important part of this that I think a lot of people misunderstand, which is um, what a priest can say in the pulpit. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. And what is allowed, what is not allowed, what the church says about it. So you seem like the perfect person to tell us all that stuff. Great. (laughs) All right. So will you start with telling us what is the amendment to the constitution that's circulating? um, And what does it do with taxpayer dollars? Okay. So yeah, right now, as you indicated, uh, as we've discussed before, there is a, there's a petition that's being circulated, Mm -hmm. literally being circulated right now as we speak. 
if the petition gets enough signatures, there will be an amendment, a proposed amendment placed on the ballot. Mm -hmm. That amendment, if it were to pass, would legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, all the way up to the point of birth. Mm -hmm. It would write it into our state constitution. Right. Um, it's about as as horrific as you can imagine uh, legalizing abortion all the way from conception all the way to the point where the, the mother is literally about to have the baby. Right. Um, it's actually even worse than just legalizing <laughs> yeah. uh, horrific late-term abortions because it also overrides a bunch of our common sense, bipartisan protections that we've had in place in this state since Roe versus Wade was initially enacted. Right. So everything from... Uh, conscience protections for doctors so that doctors can't mm -hmm. be forced into performing abortions or get sued or get fired. Everything to um, parental notification laws Ugh. so that if your minor daughter is being bullied by her boyfriend into having an abortion, at least the parent is notified right. so that you can have a say in that process. Parental notification laws would go away right. under this amendment. And crazy enough, even basic health and safety protections for mothers in the first trimester are banned under this amendment. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of ironic because it's been the, the pro-aborts who have been accusing the pro-lifers of uh, creating situations where there would be back alley, coat hanger style <laughs> right. abortions. Now they've written a constitutional amendment that would ban those health and safety protections that we as a state have had in place uh, since Roe versus Wade. They want those gone. Mm -hmm. So anything from making sure the abortion is done in a licensed inspected facility, mm -hmm. the abortion is done by a doctor, mm -hmm. um, that when chemical abortion pills are prescribed, that at least they're administered safely. Mm -hmm. All of those protections that we've had in place for mothers, they go away right. under this abortion amendment. Right. So it is as extreme as it gets. It is the biggest threat to unborn life that mm -hmm. our state has ever seen. And it's here right now. And um, we're fighting it every single day yep. out there. Um, we've got a we've got a, an organization called Life Defense Fund mm -hmm. that's been set up by me. I'm one of the co-chairs along with Leslie Unruh, yeah. good friend. And um, we created the Life Defense Fund. And right now what we're doing, as you said, we are out there with, a, with an effort to encourage people to decline to sign the petition. Right. Our volunteers are out there next to those petition circulators. People have got our flyers or distributing them to anybody mm -hmm. who will take them mm -hmm. to distribute them. And really it's just about educating the public so right. that they know. Right. Um, what we have seen is that uh, the the pro-abort circulators are lying to the people. Right. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen this um, in some photos. I have not seen them out anywhere, but I must not go anywhere. <laughs> but yes, they are really, they're not telling the truth at all about what this is. Right. They say it's just for early term abortion. Mm -hmm. They say it's not for late term abortion, which yeah. it is. They it's, even say it's pro-family. Right. On their website, on their signage, actually, yeah. they've said things like this is a pro-life, pro-family measure, right. which is absolutely insane, but they don't care. They're lying to the people to get these signatures. And if they get on the ballot, that's only going to continue. They're going to continue to mislead yeah. our fellow South Dakotans into getting this written into our constitution. And as we just talked about the, the consequences to unborn babies and mothers who are in these situations will be completely devastating. Yes. Completely devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Where have you seen them out so far? Cause like I said, I, I don't go a ton of places I have to admit. So I, I'm not much of a shopper and stuff. So I haven't seen them anywhere. 
but where are they usually so far? A lot of times they're down in front of like the county admin building. Okay. In other places, they might be in front of the courthouse okay. in different counties. So if you're going to pay your taxes or renew your registration, be aware. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Know that they're out there yeah. and know that they're trying to mislead people. In fact, we've even had a situation. This was in front of the uh, the farmer's market yeah. in Sioux Falls. They mm-hmm. were out in front of the farmer's market. We had somebody approach our volunteers who were out there and educating the people and um, a couple approached um, one of our volunteers and said, hey, we just want to let you know they're they're lying to people over there. They're scamming people over there. Well, what do you mean? Well, we saw this other petition to um, repeal the grocery tax, the tax on groceries. And we said, we wanted to sign that petition. And they handed us the abortion petition instead. Wow. And we read it over and we said, no, this isn't the one we want to sign. We want to sign the grocery tax repeal. And they said, nope, that's the one you want to sign. Oh, That's the kind of things that they're doing out yeah. there every single day. And yeah. we've heard it from multiple people. In fact, some some people who are pro-life have come to us and said, hey, I just realized I signed this petition mm-hmm. to legalize abortion. I'm pro-life. I thought it was a pro-life measure. I was misled into signing this. Yeah. What What can I do? How can I get my name off of this thing? So they are misleading people. That's why it's really important that right now we are educating people about the extreme consequences of this measure so that it's never written into the South Dakota Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us just a little bit, uh, the three different kind of parts? There's three different parts to this, right? That they they talk about the three trimesters and what will happen. And um, if we can get especially clarity on the last trimester, because I've actually yeah. had uh, a friend just recently say, well, the last trimester make, sounds like it's they're protecting women and not going to allow abortion, but that's not really what's happening there. Exactly right. So can you describe those? Absolutely. So the, the abortion amendment is written into um, three trimesters, three paragraphs for each trimester. We actually just produced this little um, explainer, which is exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we can make this available maybe um, on a link yes. on the YouTube video. Yep. yep. And um, that kind of walks through. We've also got a video on this on lifedefensefund.com where we just walk through the amendment because it is important when you read the amendment, you might not understand all the ramifications because mm-hmm. there's undefined terms. Yep. Some of the terms, yeah, some of the terms are <laughs> tricky and um, confusing. And so unless you're really deep, dive, understand what we're talking about here, you might be confused by the language. And so, like I said, it was it's broken down into three trimesters. The first trimester uh, says, before the end of the first trimester, the state may not regulate a pregnant woman's abortion decision and its effectuation, which must right. be left to the judgment right. of the pregnant woman. And most people are like, what the heck is effectuation? Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> what does that term mean? It's not defined in the amendment. Right. And so you have to sort of look at the general definition of effectuation. Mm-hmm. Effectuation means to bring about. Okay. And so this is a this is a ban on any protection or regulation related to the bringing about of an abortion. So it's about as broad as you can possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I guess one area where um, the the pro-abort proponents of the measure and we actually agree that what the amendment does in the first trimester is a complete prohibition on any protection whatsoever. They acknowledge that. And obviously that's the case. That's Mm -hmm. what they're going for. Mm -hmm. And that includes those health and safety protections for mothers, parental notifications, like we're talking about. In the second trimester, there's still a ban on any regulation. um, Unless the regulation is reasonably related to the physical health of the pregnant woman. 
reasonably related. Okay. Yeah. So even that's sort of like legalistic. It's yep. like, what does that mean? Reasonably related to the physical health of the pregnant woman. Well, when you think about regulations regarding the physical health of a woman, now all of a sudden in the second trimester, you can start to implement like health and safety protections right. for mothers. Only in the second trimester. In the first trimester, you can't do that. Right. There's a complete prohibition on right. protections for mothers. There's still no ability to protect the unborn baby. Right, right. So now we have the first trimester and the second trimester, no limits on any abortion whatsoever. Right. The only regulation allowable is in the second trimester, and that's to protect the physical health of the mother. Right. That's it. Okay. Okay. Now in the third trimester, it's written a little differently. Mm -hmm. The third trimester says, after the end of the second trimester, so third trimester, the state may regulate or prohibit abortion. So, okay, that sounds better. Mm -hmm. The state may regulate or prohibit abortion, except, and it's a big exception, when abortion is necessary in the medical judgment of the woman's physician to preserve the life or health of the pregnant woman. Right. Now they know- There's the rub. <laughs> exactly right. They know that an undefined health exception includes basically all factors. And mm -hmm. the way they know that is because when Roe versus Wade was decided by the Supreme Court, there was a companion case called Doe versus Bolton. Mm -hmm. uh, every once in a while, the the court, the, the Supreme Court will sort of combine hearings yes, on cases. Yeah. Roe and Doe. And, yeah. and that was the case. Yeah. Roe and Doe were, were argued together. And then there were two separate opinions. In the Doe decision, the Supreme Court actually interpreted an undefined health exception, just like this. And the court said, um, health like this includes all factors, physical, emotional, psychological, familial, and the woman's age. So this broad definition of health allows for abortion all the way up to the point right. of birth. For basically it, any reason. The pro-abortion litigants in North Dakota are arguing that health like this means anything from back pain associated with pregnancy mm -hmm. to the stress of having to drive to another state <laughs> in order to obtain the abortion. Oh, man. So that alone is yeah. what they're saying constitutes uh, an illegal abortion yeah. under an undefined health exception. So they know it, they're lying about it, but they know that the way this is written, it allows for basically unlimited abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. They're really tricky on that. And it's so frustrating, honestly, to hear that and know that, I, I don't know, it, it's so easy to trick the public because we we just don't have time to pay attention. So I'm really glad there's people out there That's with this exactly stuff. Right. We will put a link um, to that uh, on the YouTube page and on the um, social media posts so that people can see that. And um, yeah. Great. Okay, John, anything else? Uh, how many signatures do they need and by when? They need 35,000, just over 35,000 okay. valid signatures okay. by May of next year. So we've, we've got to sustain this educational yeah. campaign yeah. for some time and we'll be able to do that. Yep. We've, we, we need more volunteers. Okay. If you'd like to volunteer, go to lifedefensefund.com, okay. sign up on the website. We'll reach out to you and we'll, we'll help you volunteer. Yeah. We need more volunteers. We've, we've had some amazing volunteers out there that are on the front lines every single day, educating the people mm -hmm. about the ramifications of this, because you're right. You know, if you just read this or if you just take on the surface what these circulators are saying, you're mm -hmm. not getting the full truth. No, no. Um, it, it requires explanation. It requires us um, to be out there mm -hmm. to educate the people. Yeah. And so that's what we're doing. And so anybody who wants to volunteer, please do so. Yep. So they need 35, just over 1,000 signatures by May of next year.
really what they need is um, probably twice that many because right. a lot of them will come back as invalid for right, one reason right, or right. another. Um, so we've got a we've got a sustained education campaign ahead of us. Yep. And if you'd like to help out with that, go to lifedefensefund.com. Yeah. And, and if you can't help out, um, tell your family and friends about it at yeah, least right. and send them to that website so they can read up on it. Absolutely. And if you're, if maybe you talk to your pastor and your pastor mm-hmm. is willing to have flyers distributed. I mean, yes. the Catholic conference. Some parishes have done that yes, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Many the Catholic have. conference has actually, we, so we've got our decline to sign flyer. This is what we pass out. The Catholic Conference has also produced mm-hmm. something similar to that. Yep. That's just an educational piece that's available on the Catholic Conference website. And so if you're in a parish, you could go to your pastor and say, mm-hmm. hey, can we have these distributed? Yes. Or if you're in some sort of civic group, maybe, yeah. and you want to bring our flyers um, to that group and have those distributed, if you want us to come speak to your group, oh, yeah. please let us know. Um, we'll get you as many flyers as you need. We'll point you in the right direction. We'll come speak to your group. We just really want to educate as many people we can. On yeah, this. yeah, good. So you mentioned pastors. So let's let's move into the confusion around um, what a priest can say from the pulpit, uh, especially regarding political issues. Um, this, the abortion issue in particular. Um, you work in the legislature, mm-hmm. John. What does the law say? That's a great question. And I think if you look over the last, I don't know, five or six decades in particular, I think we'll realize that Christians have been lied to Mm -hmm. and that many uh, laity and pastors and religious leaders have bought into this lie. And the lie is that if there's an issue, whether it's cultural or moral, if it sort of enters the political debate, then all of a sudden the church shall be silent on that issue. Right. That's the lie. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a... It's a lie designed to keep Christians from engaging in the most pressing cultural and moral issues confronting humanity in our time. Yeah, for sure. But it's not true. Uh, the truth is, and if we want to talk specifically about, let's say, ballot measures, because that's what we're dealing with mm-hmm. here, um, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops has actually been very clear mm-hmm. and issued directives as far as what pastors and churches and Catholic organizations can do. Mm-hmm. Um and the, the USCCB has said Catholic organizations may support or oppose ballot measures in furtherance of their exempt purposes. Now, what we're talking about there is the, actually the IRS right. um, tax code. Mm-hmm. And so churches are formed under 501c3. That's mm-hmm. sort of their nonprofit status. Right. And so even under that tax code, um, the, the, the law says Catholic organizations may engage in lobbying activities if they did not constitute a substantial part of their total activities measured by time, effort, expenditures, and other relevant factors. Right. And so there's been cases on that issue. And basically what the court cases have said is insofar as, as long as your activity on a particular, let's say ballot measure, mm-hmm. doesn't exceed 15% of what you ordinarily do, right. then it's totally legal. Mm-hmm. Um, we should not be concerned whatsoever Right. about speaking in to these very pressing cultural and moral issues. Um, our own our own South Dakota Catholic Conference has already done so, in yep. fact. Yep. Um, in prior years on uh, Amendment A on uh, Measure 27, both were to legalize marijuana. Right. Yep. Uh, our, our South Dakota Catholic Conference came in and opposed those measures. Mm-hmm. We've seen it on the abortion issue around the country as yep. well. Yep. Um, Catholic conferences in other states have come in and supported pro-life measures mm-hmm. and opposed pro-abortion measures. Mm-hmm. 
So it's completely legal. We should not, we should not play into the lie that we cannot speak truth into these really important cultural and moral issues. Not only is it legal though, not only can we, but we should. Yeah. I was just thinking that. Yeah. Not only can we say these things, we ought Mm -hmm. to speak the truth into these issues. And the catechism uh, is directly on point. Uh, the, The catechism says, it is a part of the church's mission to pass moral judgments, even in matters related to politics, whenever the fundamental rights of man or the salvation of souls requires it. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about this abortion amendment that is to be written into our South Dakota constitution and legalize abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. And we think about whenever the fundamental rights of man or the salvation of souls require it. Here we're talking about the first liberty, the right to life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That is about as fundamental of a mm-hmm. right as it gets. Right. And so not only can we talk about these things legally, but we ought to. It is the duty and mission of the church to speak truth to our people. Right. So when Bishop DeGrood, for instance, uh, during his homily on TV Mass talks about these issues, he has every right to do so and every duty as our bishop to do so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know that a lot of priests do feel a hesitation with that. And you're right. We've been lied to for a long time. And uh, a lot of fear around that is instilled in us to say, oh, I better not do that. And Mm -hmm. But we we definitely must stand up for the things that are right. Amen. So amen. And the, and the courage to speak the truth yeah. um, is a virtue. Yes. Like all virtues, they're habitual. Yep. And um, so I, I just think, I, I, I pray so much for courage. You know, when, when I see these cultural and moral issues that present themselves, whether just in peer or anywhere else, a lot of times the virtue that I see lacking the most is actually courage. Yeah. And so I pray often that people in whatever walk of life, whether laity, pastor, legislator, mm-hmm. doesn't matter, that they have the courage when confronted to speak the truth. Right, right. Jesus did that very thing and didn't, uh, he wasn't worried, he wasn't always worried about whether or not someone was going to be upset with him. Right. <laughs> it's just not something we can worry about all the time. That's right. The exactly truth is right. much more important than that. Yeah, but so. the bishop just preached about that over the weekend, in fact, and talked yeah. about how if you if your identity is rooted in you as God's creation, mm-hmm. then you don't really worry about what these other people right. say about you, right? Because right. you know who you are as a child of God. Yeah, and that's that's actually the key thing right there. So, John, thank you for clearing that up for us. Um, it's still something that's really hard for people to understand and kind of grasp because we've been lied to about it for so long. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll just start sending them this link and say, here, here you go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right, we will keep, you please keep fighting the good fight in this uh, issue. We will hopefully um, be able to get some more volunteers for you here. And uh, we will continue to um, talk about it from our end and uh, maybe bring you in a little bit closer. We can't, they don't tell us ahead of time how many signatures they have, do they? Nope, you don't know until they I wish we could know and be like, oh no, stop them now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um, yeah, we, we just have to do what we can. So thank you again for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Renee. You're welcome. Uh, If you haven't found us on social media yet, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and on Rumble at SF Diocese. And of course, the diocesan website at sfcatholic.org. 
That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.